Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I created this podcast in honor of my dad, who was an amazing guy. He had an infectious laugh, and his spirit was magnetic. He was the type of guy who made everybody feel like somebody special. If you were to place him in a crowded room of 100 people, my dad would be the smartest person in the entire room. He was an award-winning radio TV broadcast engineer for many years. Born and raised in the city of Detroit, he was one of the first to go to college in his family. And while attending Wayne State University, he developed a lifelong love affair with the game of basketball. He was the shortest point guard on the team, but he could slam dunk the basketball with either hand. By all outward appearances, my dad lived a rewarding life, but there were parts of him that were known to only him. On March 2nd of 2020, my dad's private struggles became public when he took his own life in a murder-suicide. When he died, a part of me died too. And since the tragedy, I have become an advocate for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. I also created this beautiful podcast in honor of my dad and others like him who are struggling with the effects of mental health challenges. My podcast, Speaking of Love, is named after a show my dad once hosted called Speaking of Sports. Thank you for taking the time to be here with me today as we take a journey in pursuit of the strongest magnetic force on the planet Earth, and that's love. My name is Latoya Bond, and I have a podcast called Speaking of Love. My podcast is dedicated to the memory of my dad who took his own life in a murder-suicide. Aside from that, I am a business owner. I have a home-based business. I am also a legal professional during my nine-to-five day, and I am a person who operates her entire life on the premise of spreading love. It's the secret to my success. It's the secret to my longevity on this earth, and it's what keeps us going because love is the thing that makes all things beautiful. So that's why I'm here today to talk about my favorite subject in the whole wide world, and that's love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast. I am your host, LaToya, and today I am here with Jesse Cruz. He is my 131st guest today. He is a remarkable young man. He's a speaker development coach, professional speaker, and event host. He's also a best-selling author and a U.S. Army veteran. Welcome, Jesse. Welcome to Speaking of Love. Thank you for having me. It is so wonderful to have you here today. And you are you have dedicated your life to speaking to people on major platforms. Can you talk to me today a little bit about your work and how you became who you are today? Yeah, what led to where I'm at is knowing that I was called to share my story and not knowing how to go about it. I knew that I needed support. I needed a coach in my life. 
And with no money in my account, I was like, I'm going to make this big investment to hire someone to help me to share my story. And I remember going completely dead broke and wondering, how am I going to make this all work? And I made the sacrifices because I believe if you have a dream, you have to put a down payment on that dream till you see it become a reality. And once I did what I thought was impossible, I was able to share my story and I'm able to reach people all over the world because I'm committed to the calling in my life. Wow. Can you share a little bit of your story with my audience, Jesse? Yeah. What led me to want to be a speaker is my wife and I, we were praying for a child and it wasn't happening. And after years of trying, we were blessed with a baby girl. And when she was born, she was four months early. And when she was four months early, she was also only one pound and could literally fit in the palm of my hand. And every single moment in the hospital, we never knew what would happen next. And 42 days of her fighting for her life, she passed away. Wow. And it is because of this girl. It is because of a one pound girl that nobody's ever met. She, she showed me how to keep fighting. And if this little one pound girl can inspire people that she's never even met, imagine what we can do as full grown adults if we keep fighting for our dream. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, when did this happen, Jesse? How long has it been? 2017. So from 2017. And at what moment did you realize that you wanted to use your pain for a greater purpose? Was it immediately? You know, it took a few months, you know, I was going through the grieving process, but every single day I would take out a notebook and I would write. And that's what got me through the most difficult season of my life was gathering my thoughts and my feelings and my ideas about what I had just experienced. Mm -hmm. And through that process, a story was formed and I had the opportunity to share that story and then also coach other entrepreneurs on how to share their story effectively from stage. So what was that like for you, Jesse, the very first time that you presented on stage? What was that experience like for you? The first time I spoke, I was speaking at a correctional facility. I had no clue what I was doing. I just knew that I was asked to speak and I found a message that I thought could be impactful. And I just remember thinking to myself that, I think I did well because of the responses of everybody in the room. However, I knew that I needed a lot more support and help because no matter what industry you're in, if you're trying to become the best and you're trying to make more impact, you're going to need someone who's already walked the path before you to coach you along the way so you don't have to waste unnecessary amounts of time, money, and efforts doing things that are not effective. So after I did that, I, I still didn't hire a coach. I one of the, my biggest regrets through this process is that I waited so long to do that. Mm -hmm. And so now you have yourself have become a speaking coach. What has that experience been like for you? It's been able to change my entire life because I get to watch it change other people's lives. You know, when I'm working with speakers, they're getting to craft a message and a story that they've been called to share with the masses. And mm -hmm. I believe that your mess is a message. And when you share it effectively, the people who get to hear it, lives transform. But a lot of times people don't take that first step of putting themselves out there and getting the right support. So anytime I'm coaching and working with someone, 
what it does to me is fills my heart because I know that that person is now stepping into their gift. Yes, they're walking in their purpose. That's beautiful, Jesse. So when you work with people, what is the number one takeaway? What do you want them to gain from having your coaching leadership? What's the one takeaway that you want them to have? One of the key things is to understand, typically there's two camps that people fall into when it comes to speaking, is that they think that their life hasn't had any interesting or amazing things happen, right? So they think they just lived a pretty regular, boring life. And they don't have a story. And then there's people on the opposite end of the spectrum where they said, Jesse, I've just been through so much. It's all trauma. And it's not stuff I want to talk about. And the truth is that you've been through just enough experiences in your life have happened to help you communicate a message that people need to hear. So your story, no matter if it's been amazing or it's been traumatic, has just the right amount of impact to help other people. And it's when the person actually believes that their story is going to make a difference. That's going to be the most important thing because you're the only person in human history with your exact story. Of course, it's valuable because it's so rare. Mm -hmm. And so, Jesse, when it comes to coaching, you know, people get nervous when they go on stage. I, I myself, I'm a, I have a background in radio. I interview people all around the world. But there's always this element of nervousness that comes upon me when I'm in front of the audience, not for the whole presentation, but maybe like in the very beginning, what advice would you give to someone to help them kind of curve that initial nervousness in the beginning as a coach? Well, I think nervousness can be a good thing. I think it shows that you're human. I think it shows that you actually really care. I think because if you didn't care, you probably wouldn't be as nervous. However, there's a way to reduce that amount of nervousness and it's by knowing what you're going to say. Mm. And so if you have more confidence in your message, your content and your delivery, and not to say your nervousness will disappear, you'll have more confidence because you know your material. And when you don't know your material, that level of nervousness increases. So before you're taking that stage, make sure you practice, you've rehearsed, you've been coached and what you're going to say and to do it the best way possible. Very good. Can you give me an example of uh, one of your recent talks, uh, something that you spoke on stage about recently, uh, an experience you've had in that regard? Excuse me, can you repeat your question? Can you give me an example or talk to me about one of your most recent public speaking appearances and how that went for you? Absolutely. I was actually speaking down in New York City and I was training some speakers. And through that process, you know, it's important when you're speaking in front of people, you want to make sure you can provide compelling stories. And so it's crafting a story that hooks the audience's attention immediately. When I speak, a lot of the times I, I start right with story, right from the beginning, because it draws into their attention. And then it's finding a way in the middle, when, after you've hooked their attention, now you move into some content, things that you can teach them. Because you want to touch their heart first. Mm -hmm. And then after you've opened their heart, you can touch their mind. Exactly. And then at the end, you want to touch that heart one more time. Because as we know, speaking of love, you've got to touch the heart. Mm -hmm. What is the most valuable lesson you've learned about yourself as a coach and a speaker? I think one of the most valuable lessons I've learned is that I'm enough. And it's the constant 
negative thinking about the old version of Jesse that gets in the way of the new version of Jesse. I constantly think that there are certain parts of my life that make me disqualified from being a coach and from being a speaker. And it's just not true. And a lot of it is a mindset thing. It's like we believe that we've done too many wrong things or we don't have the right background or the right family, the right connections to be successful. And it's just not true. As long as you are committed to working that gift and building the right relationships and going all in on who you're supposed to be, it's not if you're going to be successful, it's when. It's when, exactly. So Jesse, you're a best-selling author. Can you talk to me about your life as a best-selling author? Yeah, uh, being a best-selling author was something that was one of my goals uh, that I want to achieve. And I've been blessed enough to be able to do that. And it's opened more doors, right? Because that's something that you can put on your resume. And I, I tell this to people all the time, especially speakers I work with, like one of the great ways to, you know, boost your speaking career is to have a book attached to your message. Finding a way to do that is, is definitely powerful. So write your story, get it out to people because it's a legacy piece that you can pass on for generations. Now, the book that you've written, it's called Losing Faith, Finding Hope. Talk to me about the title. How did you come up with that title? Yeah, that book, that one is specifically dedicated for my daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, the title has a double meaning. So my daughter's name is Faith. And oh. so I lost my daughter named Faith, but there were still moments um, in my belief. I felt like God wasn't with me. And then mm. he left me. And my faith was shaken to the core. And the only way I was able to find that hope again was to start the healing process through sharing my story. And that's what restored my hope. And then helping other people share theirs to heal too. Yes, I love that. Uh, Jesse, this podcast was is dedicated to the memory of my dad who died in a murder-suicide. And oftentimes I get people who reach out to me from the suicide prevention community, people who are hopeless and at a loss. If there's someone watching right now, Jesse, who is ready to take their own life, they, they don't want to be here anymore. What words of encouragement would you offer to someone who's in a dark place right now? Well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for your mission. I've been on a lot of podcasts and your show had the most beautiful dedication I've ever seen for any show that I've ever been on for your father. That was a beautiful thing to watch. And as someone myself, you know, after my daughter's passing, I remember not wanting to live anymore. I used to wake up frustrated that I was still alive. I would actually pray for God to kill me. I just didn't want to exist anymore. And what got me through it, and what I believe can get anybody through it, is to have the courage to choose to heal. And healing doesn't just happen on accident. It's a choice. Not always easy. But having people in your life that you still love and understanding that they still need you. You still need them. And even though you've gone through maybe a terrible circumstance in your life, even the worst circumstances, such as losing a father or losing a child, even through those losses, you can still rebuild your life and find a way to still become an amazing human being through the, through the pain. doesn't mean the pain is gone or it's still not there. Or you just don't get over some things. You just work through them for a lifetime. And if 
you're in this dark phase of your life, it's understanding that the reason you're still here is because there's still a purpose for you. Mm. And there's other people who need your help. And it is our responsibility to help people. Yes, it is. We were all put on this earth for the benefit of mankind, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of helping others. I love that. And if there is someone who is watching or listening right now and you're in a dark place and you don't want to be here anymore, please know that you are not alone and you can always call the suicide hotline number. The number is 988. Just like you would dial 911 in a medical emergency, you can now dial 988. There are trained professionals there who can help you. They're not here to judge you. They just want to help you. They may not be able to solve your problem immediately, but we can take you step by step into a brighter place. So thank you for that, Jesse. My pleasure. So, Jesse, this podcast, Speaking of Love, was created in honor of my dad. My father was once a radio TV broadcast engineer, and many years ago, he hosted a radio show called Speaking of Sports. So when he died, I wanted to do something to honor him. He loved speaking in public. He loved radio. And his show was Speaking of Sports. Well, I don't know anything about sports. So I created this show called Speaking of Love in honor of his show, Speaking of Sports. So the million dollar question that I ask my guests who appear before me, Jesse, how do you define love? Mm. Sacrifice and giving. Yes, sacrifice and giving, that is so true. To be selfless is love. I love that. So, Jesse, what's next for you? You are, oh, we didn't talk about your event planning. Um, you're an event planner. Talk to us about that. Yeah, we host a variety of events. We have speaker competitions that we host and then also international retreats. And the amazing thing about that is when you get the right people in the right room, the right message, the right opportunities and connections can happen. That's what I love to do. It's one of my favorite things about our business is when we host these events and we're hosting them all over the world to be able to connect people with other amazing people. Yes, and speaking of connection, Jesse, I met you through Nelson Beltajar. Nelson and I, we co-authored a book together and he was really on me about, you gotta interview Jesse, he's amazing, he's a wonderful guy. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll interview him as soon as things slow down. And I mean, Nelson really was like, no, you have to interview him, don't wait. So <laughs> if I seemed a little pressuring to you, Jesse, it was because Nelson was pushing that interview. <laughs> He's a great guy. I love Nelson. He is amazing. Yes, he is. So, Jesse, when the pages of your life are reviewed and your mission here on the planet Earth is complete, what do you most want to be remembered for? Mm, that's a great question. I think the first thing I want to be remembered for is that I was a man of faith. I want to be remembered for being the absolute best husband and father I can be because mm. that's my real wins in life. I love business. Um, but without my wife and kids, I mean, that's my, that's my first mission is yeah. to show up for them every single day. And so at the end of my life to know that I, my wife and kids always felt loved and respected and secure and that I had their back and was there for them. That's enough for me. Wow. That's so heartfelt, Jesse. I love that.
If anyone in my audience would like to reach out to you, Jesse, how do we get in touch with you? Yeah, you can connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Jesse Cruz Speaks, and Facebook is my name, Jesse Cruz. And you can just DM me the word stage. You know, I can be your call to action word if you want to have a further conversation about sharing your story all over the world. Wow. Thank you so much for being here today, Jesse. Uh, before we go, we have a few audience members who have typed in questions. Um, Elder Dana says, can you speak to the people that blame themselves? I think she was talking about blaming ourselves when things go wrong in our lives. Did you want to speak on that, Jesse? I I'm going to do my best. I don't know the full context of that statement. However, I will do my best from what I see. Uh, there's been certain things in my life where I constantly blame myself for things that have gone wrong. And this is what I believe. There's a fine line between blame and accountability. Okay. I believe once you blame other people, you have given up all control and all power for how your life turns out. So if there's anyone to ever blame, you should always start with yourself but not to the point where you're putting yourself down and feeling like you're unworthy or undeserving and you can never do anything right. It's first understanding that you're human and that you've made mistakes. Sometimes they've been over and over again, but it's loving yourself enough to forgive yourself and know that you can make a difference, but it always starts with you. Uh, one of my favorite things to tell people is like, in business especially, I am the problem and I am the solution. And so if there's a problem, it's my fault. And if it's a solution, guess what? It's also my opportunity. But it's having the right people in your life. This is why coaches are so important. Is they can hold you accountable to the standard that you want to set for yourself. Trying to just keep yourself accountable to you, it's possible, yet very difficult. So if you're always going to be in blaming mode to yourself about yourself, have someone in your life who can come along and guide you to letting you know the great things about you and then coming up with a plan to get you out of the dark season that you're in and then reaching your goals to having that accountability and support. Definitely. He who owns a problem owns a solution. I love that. Okay. Uh, we have another comment here. Um, I know I have a story to tell. I don't know anyone who would want to hear it. Latoya listens. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry is my sweet friend from down South. Uh, Let's see if we have another comment here from Elder Dana T. Samuel. Can you speak to the people that are left behind after someone commits suicide? Oftentimes, people blame themselves for not seeing the signs. Okay, I'll take this question. Okay, um, Elder Dana, you know, when, when a person takes their own life, like my dad, and especially in his situation, where it was a murder-suicide, I will always have an element of regret that I'll carry with me for the rest of my life for not knowing the signs, for not seeing uh, the cries for help. So it's going to be a normal part of the grieving process. It's a normal part of the journey is that hindsight is always 2020 when it comes to suicide. So the regret I will have to live with with those, with those thoughts for the rest of my life. But what I will say is I know that I was not in control of his life and that he struggled. He was not well. And this is why I do what I do because 
I'm spreading awareness. So the awareness and the education that I didn't have before this happened, I'm giving it to other people on this platform. So that's one way that you can kind of, as I'll say, reconcile the regret or the guilt that you feel. But there were a lot of warning signs. I just didn't know what they were at the time. So I blame myself in certain regards, but I do know on the other side of the regret that there was nothing that I could have really done to help or save him uh, because of the mental illness that was attached to what he did. So I'll leave it there. And I think that's it for our comments uh, today. Jesse, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience before we conclude the interview today? Yeah, I see a lot of people. They think somehow waiting till January 1st is the right answer or someday or when the time is right or in the perfect circumstance or situation. And then they'll start to go after their goal and to their dream. But the best time to start was literally yesterday. That was the best time. And the second best time is today. And if you keep putting off and keep delaying, your dream and your goal, you're actually robbing people of a blessing mm. because anytime you step into your gifting, you get to help hurting people. And if you don't step into your gift or your calling, you're going to keep hurting the people you're supposed to love. Wow. Powerful. I love it. Jesse Cruz, thank you for being here on Speaking of Love, the podcast. I appreciate your, your, your diligence, your efforts. You are truly a remarkable man, and I appreciate you for blessing my platform with your presence today. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me. So please, guys, if you're interested in reaching out to Jesse, you can reach out to him here on Facebook at Jesse Cruz. And this will conclude my 131st episode of Speaking of Love, the podcast. If you have missed any portion of this recording, uh, it will live forever on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And then the, the audio version is also available on all major podcast platforms. So thank you all for being here. Have a good week.